0: Hey there listeners, welcome to this episode of the bottom three. Tyler is having issues at work, so you're stuck with me once again for your one minute preview. And at least I tell you, there will be no clock, unlike Tyler, who did during last week's intro, but failed to actually do it. All three of the boys are back on the pod, and things go off the rails pretty quick. Tyler has a rant to get off his chest and find out which one of the boys has some serious carnival game skills, and which one had friends thinking he was hustling them at bowling. It's then on to discussing the first weekend of Premier League action in the 2018-19 season. Liverpool's comfortable win over West Ham and Man City's victory at the Emirates over Arsenal dominate the discussion, but points are covered for most of the weekend's games. The boys wrap up answering listener questions from their Facebook page, all of which are based around their discussion from a couple of pods ago about EDC. All of this and more on this week's episode of The Bottom Three
1: to the Bottom Three, an EPL podcast made with MLS quality and full of whatever else comes to mind. I'm your host Tyler. Joining us back on the podcast this week, the gone for the first time ever, but now returned, Josh. What's up, man?
2: Hey, Tyler. Glad to be back.
1: Yeah, we'll uh, we'll see if we're glad to have you back or not as we continue. I'm, I'm sure the
2: podcast. listeners. I'm sure the listeners are glad to have me back too after the performance that <laughs> particularly you put on last episode.
1: Oh, okay. We'll uh, talk more about that in a second. Let's introduce <laughs> our other host, the best host,
3: or best analyst, I should say, on the podcast. Oh. Colin, what's up, man? <laughs> oh, wow. High praise. Uh, thank you. What's going on, guys?
2: Already <laughs> making sloppy mistakes, Tyler.
1: Yeah, well, you know, it's kind of part of my mo. It's part of the charm, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's part of his backstory. <laughs> so, uh, how was your vacation, Josh?
2: Uh, it was pretty good. It was chill. Uh, something I needed, needed to get away, recharge the batteries. Unfortunately, I had to cut it a couple days short, but I flew into... You know what I'm
1: going to cut short? I'm going to cut short you're talking about your vacation. Uh, <laughs> because that's about the amount of time you gave me a couple podcasts ago to talk about getting engaged to my then-girlfriend, now-fiancé. And I texted you guys a little bit about this, and I, I uh, on the podcast last week... Said that I had a rant and a bone to pick with both of you, but mainly with Josh.
2: Did you say that?
1: I did say that. No. I did say that, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna just start for the listeners by catching them up with what I've already texted the two of you, feel and I'm free. gonna read word for word. And there's some strong language, so <laughs> be listen or be warned, listeners.
2: Warned, listeners. Feel I text free, guys. feel free to fall asleep at, at this time right now. <laughs> listen, press, no, press no. pause to come tuned, back, everyone. Stay tuned.
1: And you know what? Maybe they fell asleep before, but maybe it's because I had no help from my co podcast host and analyst on my story for getting engaged. Uh, but anyway, to catch the listeners up, two, two episodes ago, I talked a little bit about both my vacation and asking my girlfriend Shay to marry me, to which I was time limited by Josh and Colin essentially. And very unfairly so, I think. And so after listening back to the podcast, I uh, sent the guys some text messages because I was very unhappy. And the text messages read as follows. I have beef. You guys talked more about f- Formula One than we all talked about me getting engaged. All this talk about me being long-winded and shit it's bull. That's <laughs> going to be absolutely <laughs> worse. Also, no interaction, <laughs> nor conversation, nor questions about the engagement.
2: We were Nothing. all there.
1: Check the tape. Check the tape. <laughs> I wasn't there, but I'd heard the story like that I times, said, to be fair. I'm ranting about this next pod. <laughs> to which, of course they laughed, but I was dead serious. So <laughs> you guys robbed me <laughs> <hate laughs> of what was a surefire top five all-time podcast discussion. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of um, course, I sent some videos of Liverpool uh, players doing some things uh, in practice, and I likened my anger to these videos. Uh, the first video, of course, was uh, a video I'm like, losing myself in my own text messages here. Anyway, the point is... <laughs> I'm going to not read these anymore. The Wonderful is, content not, there. Yeah. yeah, I know, right? <laughs> the point is... <laughs> Josh did not help me at all while telling the story, and he was heavily involved day of. And what I mean by that is he was involved in both the surprise and where we were going. He also uh, didn't bring up the facts or help me at all in the fact that he was supposed to sneak into this shop and the door wouldn't open, and then he just stood there and tried to blend into a glass wall. <laughs> so we couldn't notice. He didn't bring up anything about hiding in the store and, like, peeking at me, and he didn't say anything about how when my question on the record asked why should Shay say yes, he said that Shay should say no, (laughs) and and absolutely trolled me on the record. He didn't help with any of the things that I thought he was going to jump in and, uh, you know, just supplement the story a little bit, and I'm kind of mad about it, Josh.
2: That would be a decent pod segment to pick out some of mine and Colin's best work on the record and employ those. That would be good. Um, sorry I didn't help you, Tyler, do you justice. I guess I'll do that now. It was, uh, it, it, it was, it was a very nice moment, and I'm glad I was a part of it. <laughs>
1: I guess I'll take that as an apology and I appreciate that a lot. Uh, I also apologize for not having my rant as prepared as I wanted to, because I really wanted this to be like a step-by-step, like just absolute teardown of the two of you. But I'm so flustered right now and remembering my anger uh, from not having been helped with that story. Uh, and then of course it being followed up by a 20 minute discussion of formula one and your newfound obsession with it, hey, uh, and it's, it's all of its boredom.
2: It, it's a sports podcast, Tyler. Our listeners tune in to hear us talk about sports. And on that note, Colin, what would you do this weekend?
3: <laughs> Speaking of other sports, I, I went bowling on Friday night, so that was uh, that was fun. I sent a snap would you head, bowl? I think to you guys, I hit 161 in the first game. I tailed off at the end, but I started off like first throws of the night, back-to-back strikes. It was ridiculous. I've never, I'm not a bowler, not a good bowler, never been able to just I play I would jump off in and to tell a story play, about
1: one time when I started a game with, like, five strikes in a row. There, huh? And, <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I'm not going to tell that story because I feel like you guys would, you know, cut me off. You probably wouldn't help. You probably wouldn't laugh at it. So it's a I'm sports story. Like you did. A, like
2: that, you that, that's did there. That, that's, that's yeah. a good story. That's good sports content. Colin, here's the real question. Cool. Did you knock down more pins, or did you drink more ounces of beer? <laughs>
3: Played two games of bowling. There's no way i drink more ounces of beer than that, and plus, no, I, I had a few beers. I mean, but, if uh, you're bad like me, I had and moment. you we get had a, like... We had a scrimmage scrim- the next morning.
2: <laughs> if you're bad like me, and you get like 80, and you play two games, that's 160. So that would be like, basically like... What? Seven, eight tall boys?
3: Well, so I went 161 and 127 <laughs> in two games. <laughs> that's a lot of beer. So that's like double that. That's a, that's a lot of beer. <laughs> I, I pulled the best I've ever pulled for a while. Like, the second game I fell off, but I still was getting spares, and I was pumped. People were like, legitimately, I was with a lot of people from work, and they were like, are you, are you freaking hustling us right now? Like, are you, go-? I'm like, I swear to God, I
1: don't do this. <laughs> hey, hey, Josh, uh just because. I know we're not going to be on the same page because you don't jump in and help with stories uh, like you should, but you should jump in and tell the stories about us in Splitsville. I'm just you know, helping you segue so you know what you should talk about next and
2: when you should help. Well, what I was going to talk about next was ask Colin if there were any ladies present at the bowling alley because that would explain his uptick in performance, right? He's a game-time player, so was there anybody there you were trying to impress, Colin?
3: No, it was a bunch of people I worked with. It was a lot of the Grad assistants at Weber. Uh, they all live on campus still, uh, but a lot of athletics departments, young staff. So yeah, it was it was a good time.
2: You didn't you didn't answer my question. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, I did.
2: Were there any ladies there that you were trying to impress?
3: And I said no. It's people I work. with. Okay, you,
2: did, you, did, you didn't you didn't specifically say no, which I'm led me to sure believe the answer was yes. But good news. And speaking of sportsville, Tyler, I'll tell. <laughs> I'll tell one story, the one I know you're alluding to. One time me and Tyler took a day off work with our buddy Jeff and uh, went bowling all day. We felt like that would be a fun thing to do, We'd go bowling and drinking, and um, racked up a pretty hefty tab. We definitely did not drink say, as let's many. Know that's easy to do. We didn't drink as many ounces as the uh, tab we racked up, I'm pretty sure, so that was a, that was a struggle. Oh, shit. Yeah, we, uh, Orlando well, we City always got tend to scored on by Wayne Rooney. But
1: well, we always tend to forget. Uh, when we're bowling at Splitsville is we usually do these competitions where a loser buys shots, but it's not college anymore. It's not some rinky dink bowling alley. The shots are like, they come in special glasses and they cost like 10 bucks each. And so if you play a few games, you, you play a little pool, you do some other things there. Uh, you rack up some absurd bar tabs, that's for sure.
3: Yeah. Orlando City just gave up a goal. I'm on the stream, so I'm behind, but that was what Josh was talking about. So I immediately looked at my screen and see a tight angle shot beat Joe Pendick near post. <laughs> per usual. Both,
1: oh, both the goal is a, this and... This is a rough start to the podcast, guys. <laughs> Can we, let's let's rein in it a little bit and bring it back on track.
2: Both the goal and Colin just being two minutes late on everything that happens in the sporting world. <laughs> it's really hard when we're watching a game, and I, I want to be like, let's go. Yes. And then I'm like, oh, wait start the clock and I like look at my watch for a minute and 10 seconds and then send the text.
3: Yeah. Well, it, you didn't for the last goal today. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that one was coming before it happened. But other than that, yeah, it was pretty good at least. Good. Sorry. I am a cord cutter. I can't afford cable.
2: <laughs> cutting my
1: college coaching life.
2: Cutting cords. All right, Tyler, what else you want to talk about? Since you're obviously driving this thrilling intro section.
1: Yeah, you're just trying to throw it back on me. I haven't talked for the last however many minutes because supposedly I only have, you know, I'm allotted like four minutes per podcast. So
2: did you guys. So let's let's bring it back to this. Obviously, I wasn't on the episode last week. I really did enjoy listening to the episode, not being on it. It is fun listening back and hearing things you don't know. Right. Like just a regular podcast. Um And I still like listen back to, you know, dissect the tape a little bit and try to think of things that I didn't remember saying or didn't remember you guys saying and learn from. But it was awesome listening and um, not knowing what was coming. So awesome that I decided to listen a second time while I was in the gym (laughs) And live tweet while in the gym. So I was that guy like sitting on the equipment for way too long. The guy everybody hates. And if anybody <laughs> yeah. actually looked at my phone, they'd be like, what the hell is this guy constantly tweeting about? That was me in the gym. Um, I, I don't know how many tweets I rang off and we're recording on my phone right now. So I don't want to uh, look it up. But I, I got I got a decent response from Colin. Tyler, I didn't get any responses from you on any of my tweets. Did you not enjoy those? Did you like those?
1: I'm not a, I'm not a big Twitter guy personally, uh, so it, I was even like late to the game, I think, seeing them in general, uh, but I did enjoy them. They were a fun read. I think, uh, a few of them, um, in particular cracked me up. I'm trying to think which ones they were. There was, there was one where you, uh, you called us out for not recognizing the fact that you actually did have a bottom three like relegation prediction for all three teams. Yeah. And we I clearly said
2: two. it. And then you guys were like, he only said two teams and I'm like, goodness I gracious. Forgot this about is getting right. back. Yeah.
1: I'm like, <laughs> not going to lie. I was
3: probably like trying to figure out what we were going to talk about next or something. And I just didn't pay attention. Sorry, Josh. To be fair, the reason Tyler's probably not much of a Twitter guys, even now that they've expected, expanded the characters to 280, it's not, Enough space for his crazy <laughs> oh. for
2: his pictures. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> I saw where that was going.
0: Oh, that's yeah, good. Yeah. That's okay. gold. I'm not,
1: don't get me started. Don't get me started. This has already been a bad enough <laughs> intro. It's probably our worst intro we've ever had, not gonna lie. For the best? Uh,
0: Man, I really hey, want to...
1: You got any quick stories from vacation, actually,
2: here or no? I want to dig up some of Tyler's best social media posts and read them on air next week. That's what I'm going to do. Oh, my God. I'm going to try to find, like, not the super deep, lovey-dovey ones. Obviously, everybody knows where they can find us on social media, so you can connect to Tyler from there and scroll back and read. Um, but, man, some of those things are, like, short stories. Like, you got to grab a beer, grab a blanket, turn on the fireplace, like, <laughs> snuggle up to read some of those things. Yeah, I
1: like. I get a lot of comments about
2: uh, how well-spoken
1: and well written. Oh, my um. goodness.
2: From this circle of like his mother's friends, parents. No, yeah.
1: To be (laughs) honest, I don't know how many times I've gotten a a compliment about how well spoken I am, but I have gotten comments about how well written I am. So (laughs) maybe I should just stick to that
2: goodness gracious why do, you so,
1: think, why do you think I like to plan out the podcast so much before
2: <laughs> <laughs> so anyways I'll, uh, anyway. I'll, I'll, I'll try to steer this a little bit back on track with your question I went to Hilton Head for family vacation usually go for a full week and basically we just sit on the beach and drink for a week and just literally chill and do nothing as Colin just leaves the room, just not even, not even acknowledging, and then stuck his, uh, you know what, in the camera. Hey, um, I'm sorry. What? Anyways, when we're off the rails.
1: Uh, Awful. <laughs>
2: I went to the beach and drank for four weeks with my girlfriend and uh, my family. Four weeks? And it was awesome. Whoa. Four weeks. That would have been awesome. For four days. Um, ate some good food. Bummed out. Said I was going to work out every day. Didn't work out any days. It was great. Um, then came back. Real quick story about my weekend. Last night, I took my girlfriend Jess on a date that perfectly fit her. And for those of you guys who know Jess, I know a bunch of the people who listen are our friends. So you all know Jess, you probably wouldn't pick her to be the type to love, uh, farm shows and demolition derbies. Well, you would be wrong. She (laughs) eats that stuff up. Absolutely loves it. We went to the uh, orange County fair, which is like one of the biggest county fairs in, in the country. Um, Watched some pig races, watched the uh, RV Home Demolition Derby, um, petted some cows, saw the biggest pigs we've ever seen, and um, obviously drank a bunch of beer and uh, ate some super fried food. So that was fantastic. It would
1: be snapshots thoroughly. Uh, you also need to tell the listeners yeah. about your... Uh there's awesome. hidden talents that you have that we
2: didn't know about. Yeah, so I guess I'm pretty good at carnival games. Um, you, you, <laughs> Which ones did you play? You know, like, the super awkward, like, when you were 16 years old, you're, like, hanging out with a group of friends, and you, like, kind of like this girl, and you're like, oh, yeah, you like that stuff I'll win that for you, and the pressure is, like, super immense? Well, I'll let you know, it doesn't go away. So, like, even though I was, like, somewhat drunk, my girlfriend was somewhat drunk, she's like, Oh, I really like this girl crazy thing we need to post pictures of those they're both they're both the prizes she got are just ridiculous but anyways they're awesome she's yeah. like she is yeah she's like we really need oh i really like that guy yada, yada yada and it's um so i was like okay yeah i mean you can try i'll try whatever we'll see if we can win it so we didn't spend that much money on tickets at all um basically the first one she liked this owl thing it was a basketball one so as you guys know, the basketball hoop is like misshaped. So like you can't hit the ramp. Like front of it. Like it, <laughs> it it has to like just swish straight in. So literally the first shot I made it, it was awesome. Um and uh, she got the big <laughs> owl thing. So that was cool. And then uh Hey, Colin, we'll need to confirm with Jess that it really was on the first shot. So she didn't even see it. She didn't even realize what was happening. Oh, no. Yeah, she didn't yes. even see it. It was on the first <laughs> shot. It was great.
1: Okay, hold on, hold on. Josh is saying it was on the first shot, and she didn't even see it. This sounds really, really suspicious to me. I yeah. feel like you just slipped the guy like a fifty, and oh, said, 50 hey, and give, me said, hey give me
2: that, Al. Yeah, that would be something <laughs> I would do, but I did not do that. If I was more desperate at the end of the night, I definitely would have done something like that. But I did it, and then the other one was the classic one where it's just the three little milk cans, and you throw the ball at it and try to knock them all off the table, and everybody's like, oh, this is going to be so easy. Um, But it's not because they're, like, super weighted down and yada, yada, yada. Anyways, I did that one on the second try and got the second animal, so – it was a good kidding. night. It was a good fair night. I think I had, like, probably, like, four or five total throws and one on two of them and then just, like, tried a couple things. Okay. And, yeah, yeah, it was fun.
1: Joshua Lamping, bottom of the bottom three podcast, but top of the county fair milk knockover jar game. <laughs> yes. Well, and the basketball. That's the, game. that's the official name, by the way.
2: I'm very good at those things, I guess. I'm just going right. to start traveling yeah, the to country punches. and – uh Going to county fairs every week. If you want plush stuffed animals that are rainbow <laughs> colored, I'm your guy.
1: There you go. There you go. All right. Uh, you guys want to jump into the soccer talk and uh, get going there? Opening weekend. Yes, lads. Uh, let's open the soccer conversations with the Liverpool-West Ham game. A throttling
3: by Liverpool. Colin, do you want to give us a little recap? Sure. Yeah, um what nineteen minutes in, Mosala picks up where he left off last season, gets a goal, um off a of will work team play, Nabi Kata did great in the build up, um playing the ball to Andy Robertson, uh who gets the assist. Um and then right on the stroke of halftime when West Ham probably would have been pleased to go in one 0 Um, you know, really could have rebounded from that. Uh Sadio Mane gets on the board. Uh James Milner with a great hustle play to keep the ball not just inbounds at the end line but also put it Within the path of Mane, who was behind all the defenders, who kind of assumed it was going out and they are playing a high line. Uh, and it was really a good finish because he had to instinctively kind of redirect it in. Um, a third goal comes in the second half. Uh, Mane was definitely offside, uh, but they <laughs> goal counted. And we'll take it as a great finish. Um, and then Daniel Sturge, 20 seconds after coming onto the pitch, uh, scores off of a corner to make it 4-0 and uh, put the Reds, at the top of the league table that you're not supposed to look at for the first, what, 10 or 15 games, but they're sitting there at the top. <laughs> I loved
1: uh, Liverpool posted a picture of Sturridge scoring, and it was on his first touch of the game as well. Yeah. And the caption was, one touch is all it takes, of course. A nod, oh, the, yes. a nod to the Calvin Harris-Dua Leafa song that the Liverpool fans sang at, uh, at the Champions League final last year. What a great oh, video. Yeah. All one touch is all it takes. Yeah, phenomenal. Um we all watched this game. We all texted together and had to delay our text to Colin since he was streaming it.
3: Um, <laughs> you can't throw shade but, at me when this is like the first time you've been up to live text a game with me. Oh, oh, a long time. Whoa, that is not true. <laughs> that is not true. It's been a long time because it was the
1: off season Colin. Anyway. <laughs> the heat. Josh, what was one big takeaway uh, on the offensive side of the ball that you saw from Liverpool?
2: Um, A lot of things. I mean, really looked good, picked up where they left off, and I think you saw the team build a lot more momentum in preseason, really, than more than all the other teams, right? You look at Chelsea, they had a lot of players coming back late. You look at Manchester United, obviously well-documented that they only had It's not their team who played in the preseason, right? We all know that because of numerous press conferences. Um, Spurs had some people come back late. Man City had a bunch of people come back late, played a bunch of youngsters. But Liverpool, for the most part, had a lot of their first team. Um, Obviously Salah and Mane came back later, but they still got some time in the U.S. And then Firmino, a late arrival. Um, You also see some of the newcomers in the transfer window. Um, didn't get any time, and Liverpool did all their business pretty early. So so they started clicking in the preseason, and you kind of just saw that carry on, um, just wearing people out. I mean, even at the end of the game, obviously it was in hand, but you looked out of West Ham, they looked exhausted. Liverpool, like, they were fit to go and get more. And, they, I mean, Shakiri didn't come on until, like, the 82nd minute, and Serge didn't come on until, like, the 86th. So there were some players who were out there for a while. I think is going to be dynamic. Uh, just kind of his his work rate is unbelievable. Um, and I think that's really going to help some of the team. James Milner also played fantastic. You wonder yeah. where and how and if what happens in that midfield. But something that I'd kind of take, um, and I think it is about the attack, especially in this game when Liverpool was attacking so much, is I saw a bunch of analysis and all of it was Liverpool just dominated the game in the midfield, won the game in the midfield. Yep. and. Have we ever said that in the last two years? I mean, there's definitely been some games where Liverpool's been better in the midfield, but usually it's like, oh, they're attacking options, they're attacking options this, they're attacking options that, whereas after this, it seems like a lot of the accolades were going to the work rate of uh, Milner, when them also had a really good game, wasted some chances, but still, for what he's out there to do, had a good game, and uh, obviously K with a great debut. So I thought the midfield especially um, did fantastic.
1: Yeah, do, you have any,
3: do you have any follow-up for that? What are your some of your thoughts on uh, the offensive side of the ball? Yeah, and, and going off of Josh's point there, piggybacking there with the midfield, uh, only one of the new midfielders played, Keita. I mean, Milner and of are guys that have been there. Uh, and Milner is a guy who's 31, 32. Now he's the old man in the group, but he's the most fit person on the field. Got the, Despite the 15 stitches in his head. Yeah, got wearing the big old tape job on his head um, was outstanding. I mean, they There were so many players that you could have been like, oh, he was man of the match on a given day. Mane gets two goals. Um, I think NBC picked Navi Cates as their man of the match on the post-game studio show. I think he might have gotten it from the Liverpool fan account if from other people picked Milner or Wijnaldum and whatever. Robertson played amazing. So many people played well. Um, And it was very controlled. It wasn't just all out going forward, trying to score constantly. They really held off the ball at key moments of the game, too, and just kind of took the air out of that almost rest in possession type thing, um, and went from slow to fast for quick. They showed they could still do their lightning quick counterattacks, but they also did build up um, hell on the ball for a long time, and created things out of that. So it was a very, um, very exciting performance uh, from that standpoint. They showing all the different facets of that attacking prowess, and Excuse me, I think that's only going to... The more commanding you can be in those games, it's only going to help a defense that has been significantly improved to begin with at a base level anyway.
1: Yeah, it was, yeah speaking of that de- of I, that defense, were you going to jump in, Josh?
2: Yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, it was, it was a wild, just awesome game to watch from... I mean, I've been watching almost every Liverpool game now for, I don't know, two and a half seasons, maybe a tiny bit more. And I don't know if I've ever seen is dominant over performances today. I mean, there was just nothing. There was the one chance where Arnautovic kind of snuck ahead of Gomez a little bit and sprayed a shot a shot wide, but I mean, there was really just nothing on that side. Liverpool just had all the possession they wanted, re- literally were doing everything, and, and I think to put it in context, I mean, I don't know. Obviously, West Ham had a very turbulent season last year, but I mean, I think we're looking at a mid-table team. It's not like they're out there beating up on Cardiff or Huddersfield Town. I think ultimately West Ham will end up somewhere in the 8-13 to range, right? Um, So, I I, I mean, which just made it even more dominant for me. So, just a super dominant performance. And, I mean, we're talking about the midfield. Colin, you can can follow up on that. But, I mean, just like if Chan was still there, like – Where's he even fit in? Does Henderson come in? Is Fabinho even gonna play? Like, what if Oxley Chamberlain wasn't hurt? Like, there's just so many. The midfield looks so good, and I think Milner, probably and Wijnaldum, are two people who I don't know maybe aren't considered first team people, and they looked fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, how how are they gonna balance? That out with I don't know I don't think you have a bunch of huge egos there um, so it should be you know easier than obviously if you're playing that game with forwards but I mean let's pretend that Oxley Chamberlain is able to come back in March and you got basically six people fighting for three spots every single game it's just it's just it's gonna be crazy
1: yeah, yeah it, that actually leads me into my a question that I had for both of you and I want to make sure I got to ask it um, it it kind of just follows along that same line of thought. With all these new players, with all the players that are playing well, um, and with ones that could come back from injury and, you know, compete for starting roles in, in the starting 11. What do you think Liverpool's ideal 11 is?
3: I don't think we'll see an ideal 11 for a long time. Um, because as I've, Pop was quoted in the post game press conference, uh, rotation is the future of the game uh, of soccer, um, especially at the high levels like that. So I don't even know that. I think it's going to depend on game to game. It's going to be matchup based. Um, you know, maybe we play some of the better teams that might be a Fabinho, you know, give that more defensive solidity um, against some of the lower teams that might be, you know, when all of them play there like it was today. Um, he's not really a true defensive midfielder, most people wouldn't think, but he's playing that role. Um, and I, if you had to pick a top 11, you know, it's the front three is the front three. Kate is in there because he was dynamic as could be. Um, who do you even put in the six? Is it Fabinho? Is it Henderson? Henderson came off the bench today. Fabinho didn't even uh, make an appearance. Um, there's rumors that he, he, had, uh, faced an illness this week, but still, you know, wonder how much, um, where he'll fit in there with Henderson. Um, the back line, I think is the back line you saw today, except maybe Laverne, um, in there for Gomez, but Gomez played well. And then obviously Allison's at the back. Um, it's a strong squad, and that's what you need. I mean, it's still probably not top to bottom as strong as cities, Uh, but it's the best squad Liverpool have had in my years of supporting Liverpool without a shadow of a doubt. Even the best teams we had were thin. It was a great starting eleven, but we didn't have the options off the bench that this team will have. I mean, that bench today is the best bench Liverpool can probably have seen in a long time. Sturridge, healthy, Shakiri um, you had Lohana didn't come on, Henderson, Fabian, I'm not sure who the other guys are, but I mean, we had options. To, if we needed to change the game, we could have, and I mean, Sturridge came off the bench and got a goal anyway still, so. Yeah, that's positives.
1: funny, As somebody we haven't even mentioned yet in this podcast until just now was um, Yeah, It's just, an, uh, just another player that they have with uh, yeah. great quality that could come off the bench. Um, Josh, what do you think about the new player debuts that occurred today?
2: Um, Allison didn't have much to do He, I'm not going to nitpick anything just because when you're not worked at all. I mean, how sharp can you really be? But for the most part, he looked really sharp. Um, You know, distribution, just comfort with the ball on his feet and in his hands. You can tell it's there. So ultimately, you know, good start, Mm -hmm. but he didn't have much to do. I don't think we'll really find anything out about Allison until we come up against Spurs. Maybe I'm kind of shooting ourselves in the foot there. But I, I just don't think Palace will be threatening very much, and I definitely don't think Brighton will be threatening at Anfield at all. So I, I, I think it'll take a while to learn there. I thought Cade played excellent. Um, as I said, the thing that really just stuck out to me was the dude can run for days. I mean, all day. Yeah. He, he can just run for days. Um, there was one point where it felt like he almost dribbled through five people in the box. I mean, he, yeah. he had some pretty good passes. Um, little feisty. Um, I know that he had uh, – quite a few red cards last year, um, some straight red yeah. offenses. So you worry in a bigger game. Um, you know, there were some tackles today that were slightly rougher in nature. So, so that's kind of one thing that, and I don't know if you look out for, I mean, for, it's to some point you like that. Right. But, um, you know, obviously got to be careful there. And, and Shaqiri came in, just didn't have much run and, and didn't really make a huge impact on the game. Um, and obviously Fabinho didn't get in but but all in all I mean from from the squad I think it went I I think it went about as well as it could have for the new players
1: Colin Josh just mentioned that Shakiri didn't get a lot of run uh we talked a little bit in our text while watching the game about Klopp's decisions on when to make substitutions and uh who uh how do you kind of analyze and evaluate uh Klopp's uh substitutions today
3: yeah, I, I was of the opinion. I, I, it's like we're 3-0 up. I would have liked to have seen, you know, a couple guys get more minutes, to, especially in a comfortable uh, situation, make their AIMFL debut. And sit case, maybe get some run for Sturge, who eventually got on. Um, Sturge only got like five minutes, but, you know, maybe a little bit more stoppage time. Shakiri got about 13. Henderson got about – was the first sub on, which I thought was interesting, trying to get him some minutes. Um I mean, Klopp's just trying. He's never won a sub early anyways. Um Probably just trying to get minutes under those guys like you know, i used to playing together. But um as he's talked about it, in post game rotations, be key he's going to need all these players throughout the season. would like to see those guys get a little more run. But um I see the point of wanting to get those other guys minutes uh, as well that did start and get them closer to being ready to go 90 if some of them weren't prepared for that, which for me, no, obviously wasn't. so why he was the first one subbed off.
1: I think, yeah. I think Firmino's performance in general wasn't
2: – it wasn't Firmino-esque. Uh, do you guys agree with that? He, he had some sharp link-up play, obviously. Yeah. Not that he was bad. Yeah. But I, some good control. Some some good control. and kind of did what he did. I mean, it, it's tough to notice some of the impact he has on the game, but, but I'd agree. Um, I mean, that one ball where – at the beginning where we said, how didn't that go in, I mean – Don't want to call it a whiff by Firmino. Um, I mean, maybe Salah was blocking his view, but I think we'd expect him to put that cross in that came in from Alexander Arnold, I think. And just a couple other plays. I mean, Mane scored a goal, right, but he was way offside because Firmino held on to the ball and they just didn't call it. So I I think that that was another thing. So definitely not Firmino's sharpest of work, but I mean, I I think his, his value is you just can't it's tough to put it's tough to put a, a finger on it sometimes. So obviously he's working his way back. But the good news is Sturridge is hitting on all cylinders, so we can afford to take yeah. off Firmino. You know, sixty minutes in and have Sturridge give a thirty minute run, and then kind of your point calling with the subs. I want to hit on that real quick. I, I was a little, you know, would have liked to see Fabinho get his debut as well. Um, but if the illness thing's true, I see why. In terms of Henderson, I feel like. I feel like Henderson didn't start the game just because he hasn't been back for super long, But I, and this may Absolutely. be extremely wrong, but in my mind, I think Klopp thinks that Keda and Henderson start every game and that third spot's the rotating spot. I think he has mm. – I, I think Henderson's kind of his guy. He's the captain of the team, right? Um, so it'll be interesting if Milner and Wijnaldum keep playing as well as they do and then, you know, Fabinho kind of comes up playing well. But just in my mind, how I see it shaking out come December, January time mm-hmm. – I think, um, you know, we're looking at Keda and Henderson being more of the regulars in the big games, and that third spot's kind of a, a swinging door.
3: I, I'll i slightly disagree on the standpoint of Henderson, the fact that he can't play. Yeah, Orlando City he got an own goal, by the way, this game sequelized. Um But uh, Henderson, can, he's had injury issues in the past with his feet. There's only so many games he can really play. When we're playing two th- two games a week, you know, or a weekend, midweek, weekend again with Champions League, Cup games,
0: I don't think he'll be playing every one of those. I think you may see Fabinho more in either the
3: league or the Champions League. Kind of like Champs seemed to play all the Champions League games last fall. Um, he was in there really for all of those group stage games. Um, so I don't think he'll play every game. I think he would probably be his first choice, absolutely. It's his guy that kind of sets the pace there in the midfield, gets the ball moving. Um, I do think Kate is gonna play almost every game. Uh, we, the interesting point about Caden today was he played 25 minutes at left wing. I, I did not have any any uh, hint that that was gonna be the position he would play for this team. He's a midfielder and he can do all the roles in midfield. I think from box to box, more attacking to even a defensive role if needed. Uh, I did not see him being a left winger and he excelled in that position. Role looked sharp. Um. I said last week he would be my dark horse for player of the year, and I, I think that's going to be something that maybe keep an eye on. I think he's going to do wonders for this team um, with his versatility and, like Josh talks about his pay or uh, his dribbling ability. I mean, the way he can carry that ball forward um, really gives the defense a totally different problem that most a lot of times Liverpool doesn't really be able to offer in the past outside of like an oxide Chamberlain when he was really coming on in the spring.
1: So before we move on to our second of our two spotlight games this week, uh, were there any final words that you guys wanted to say about Liverpool West Ham? I think that was a
2: no. Yeah, just really <laughs> exciting result, obviously. Super positive, was expecting a a win. Um, don't know if even the most optimistic fans could have expected that. I mean, really, there was close to zero danger on the goal. And,
3: and the crazy mm-hmm. thing was, too, that it was – Liverpool still didn't, I didn't even like hit top gear. Like they didn't have to, they were in like second, third gear all game. Like, I mean, they, they were dominant and everything, but that in terms of pure performance, it probably wasn't their best performance ever, you know, in terms of like a six nil or something that we've had in the past. Like it was very comprehensive without having to really strain it and be at pure peak performance. Now West Ham had a lot of new signings and trying to integrate them. I think playing them early on is going to be beneficial probably, you know, if they get it together later on. Um, but that, that's an outstanding result and, um, the clean sheet is something huge. I mean, I think that's huge, uh, to get Allison, uh, in that back four started off with a clean sheet, build up, build up off that momentum that we already have of being decided for him in the first place. Um, cause a mistake of the way he plays. There's going to be a mistake at some point, but, yeah. um, having that credit in the bank, hopefully we'll, People just, you know, it's, that's going to happen. And so hopefully it happens after a long time and after a lot of great results like this. Uh, I, I posted that, I sent you that guys that stat today that Virgil van Dijk, since he appeared for Liverpool, has been a part of teams that have kept the most clean sheets out of anyone in the Premier League. Uh, and Liverpool haven't conceded a league goal since some point in February. So like two and a half months worth, uh, at home games. They hadn't conceded a goal uh, okay. in the league. Yeah. Uh, that was in the league. Yeah. Not Champions League included, but. It's very much trending in the right direction for their pool, and that was with two youngsters playing on the right side of the fence. With Trent Alexander-Arnold still 19, Gomez is 21. That was the right side of the defense today. And they both uh, – Trent wasn't superb but was solid enough, and Gomez was pretty dang good.
2: Yeah, I think that was my point too. I, I definitely think, as you said, the top three, you didn't see them hitting it top gear. Definitely think that there's, a, there's another gear that they can go to, but from just a control and defensive standpoint, I mean, that was – There was never any question there, which was uh, definitely nice to see. And I know we kind of talked about throughout the game. I mean, if Fabianski didn't have what I would call about as good of a four goal given up game as you can have, he actually did make some pretty good saves. You think of the free kick, you think of the Salah cross where he made himself big and some other saves. uh, Yeah. You know, could have easily been 5 6. So.
1: The other spotlight game that we wanted to touch on this week was uh, the Man City-Arsenal match. Man City winning that 1-2-0. Uh, Josh, you watched this game. You want to recap it for us?
2: Yeah, from a name perspective, probably the the game of the week, right? Obviously, at Arsenal, um, welcoming the champions from last year. Um, Arsenal, new coach. Uh, Unai Emery, Um Came in, and um, ground was fired up before. uh, Arsenal came out, looked to the better team for, I'd say, the first five minutes. Pretty encouraging. And then that flipped for almost the rest of the first half. Uh, The onslaught got on. Um, Raheem Sterling ran a couple circles around Mustafi, forced a couple good saves from Peter Cech who then almost put one in his own goal about five minutes later. It was bizarre, some of the mistakes that he was making, but then some of the great plays he was making. Um, And then ultimately Sterling got his goal where, once again, I mean, he was just allowed to take five, six, seven dribbles right across the top of the 18-yard box and eventually fire one home. Um, Arsenal's defense definitely kind of got to be questioned there. Bellerin forced him inside, which is what you're supposed to do, and then nobody stepped up for about five seconds and uh sterling made him pay even he could have finished that one which he did um went on Morez with a well, cup. sorry go <laughs> what sorry that's Sterling going from outside the box he, he hit that from 18
3: 19 yards out that was
2: a decent strike for it, it, <laughs> it was a good strike but i mean he had all the time in the world anyways um and <laughs> i i can't miss an opportunity to rag on him um Marez a little bit of up and, up and down first half. He had a free kick that was a pretty good save by Petrček, Um And then you go into um, the second half, um, kind of more of the same um, in terms of a highlight standpoint. Aguero basically had a breakaway, um, couldn't finish it, maybe should have laid it off, but then they get, eventually got the goal. Bernardo, uh, Silva, a couple minutes later, City go up 2-0. Arsenal... Um, Obviously, the final score ended up being 2-0. Maybe I'll dig into this more. I, I, Arsenal, I call them wasteful. Didn't really have any highlight-worthy chances that didn't go in. But ultimately, for the last 30 minutes, they were pressing and, and had some chances at goal. I mean, there was one time where Ederson literally threw somebody the ball, and then they just totally gaffed it. Um, so, I, they, they had more chances than the highlight would suggest. And I actually do think they're, I don't know. Obviously not a good result from them, but it's not like the yeah. sky's falling. I thought there was, you know, at least some things to take from it from from Arsenal. So, anyways, City pretty dominant, 2-0 win.
1: To so back up just a little bit um, to the lineups, the starting lineups for both teams. There's some interesting kind of little tidbits here and there. Uh, Check starting for Arsenal instead of their new signing, and De Bruyne not in the starting lineup. Um what stuck out to you about the lineups for this game, and what do you think were the motivations behind them? I'll start with Man
2: City real quick, and I think that that was the more interesting one to me. De Bruyne, I can see him starting on the bench. Obviously, he's coming back from Belgium, who played till the end of the World Cup, so maybe you know he's not fully fit yet. But the most interesting one, and me and Colin might debate this one a little bit. I think Pep Guardiola thinks Ria Mares is better than Leroy Sané because Sané was there all summer. Mares came in late. Maybe it was a matchup thing going against the younger defender over there on that side, but, I mean, they're similar players. Mares maybe a slight bit more technical. Sané a little paceier. but I was uh, pretty shocked to see Marez starting over Sané? If Mares started over anyone, I, will say, uh, I-,
3: I thought it Mahrez would be... was actually there first this summer out of the two of them, actually, because uh, he did not play any international football at the end of the season. He was there right when they started training camp. Sané came back like a week later because he did play in those in- uh, Germany friendlies before they narrowed down the squad so they gave him a little more break but he's still been there the majority of the summer though still yeah. though. I, I right. guess my um, thought
2: was that if Mara's played I thought it would be over Sterling especially with Sterling showing up late from the World Cup yeah. right um, and yeah. he played over Sonnet which I thought was quite interesting
3: yeah you never know could be something else there but I agree I don't think there's uh, to me Leo Sonnet is the better player but uh, I just he's phenomenal uh, last year i thought he was city's probably most influential attacker at times no he doesn't score all the goals but that's cuz he's you know playing in the wing primarily but i he was the best player against us uh, in the league game at anfield 4-3 um i think he's a spectacular player i'd take him all day every day uh, i think he's going to be one of the future best players in the in the league maybe the world but in is a very good player he's you know i think he Won some awards that year, Leicester won the league, maybe. Won one of those Player of the Year awards. Uh, yeah. If I'm not mistaken, and Conte might have gotten the other one. Um, right. N'Golo Conte, but yeah. Um, that, that one surprised me a little bit, but the De Bruyne one, yeah, he's only been back a week. He's in a similar situation to Henderson and Lovren, uh, with Liverpool coming back late. And then, yeah, Arsenal, the ones for them, uh, the, the goalkeeper situation, we said checked in, make some big saves. Uh, Bernd Leno, the new keeper there, uh, did not beat him out for that starting spot. It'd be interesting to see if that's a fluid thing or if that's kind of, okay, he won that spot. It's his now. Uh, he'll maintain it or, and then, uh, oops, Torreira midfielder, uh, Uruguayan talked about, uh, on the transfer podcast last week with Tyler, uh, on the bench, um, instead of, you know, gran Jaca played instead who, uh, I think a lot of <laughs> fans do not think super highly of Grano-Jaca's overall game. Um, so that was an interesting move as well. Um, he should have been in training camp for them for a while. I mean, Uruguay were out second knockout round of the World Cup, so obviously he wasn't there all summer, but he's, he should have been there for at least a while to get some preseason under his belt, you would think. Um But, yeah, interesting interesting moves. Um uh, I Tyler's think, name. Sorry, sorry, I was going to say Socrates. Socrates. <laughs> Uh, I, don't, the Greek guy, I, uh, I tried my
0: just, hand at it
1: again today when uh, I saw the, the lineup
3: pop on the screen and i <laughs> it's never going to happen for me I don't think <laughs> he, play, he did play uh, center back partnering with Mustafi that center back pairing is just not going to be great they're just not very pacey and just aging for Socrates, especially
2: another aging person is Lauren Laurent <sighs> even on the books anymore or is he gone?
3: a serious injury
2: Serious At
3: the last, the very end, very end of last year, he like uh, can't remember if he like blew everything out in his knee or if it was an Achilles, but it was like it's like a year long injury. He's in a Oxley Chamberlain type situation. Got it. Um, Not
2: a good situation
3: I, I, to be in. I think. Uh, the,
1: go ahead, Josh.
2: You know, I was gonna say. I think the interesting thing for me for Arsenal was the young Frenchman who they start to that Gabouli, what's his name? Yeah. Uh, did, did I say that right? I'm rolling the 19 year old out there for his first game against Manchester City um, for, for the club, obviously showing some faith in him. I, I think that he had ups and downs, um, but ultimately I think he, you know, I think there's that's one of the things Arsenal fans can take. I think that was good experience for the young kid, and I think by the end of the year, you know, he might be a player who Arsenal fans are, are really excited about. Didn't light the world on fire in this game by any means, but um, you know, he's playing Manchester City and thought that you know, he did a serviceable job, made some bad plays, but also kind of showed some promise with some passes and it flashes that you could see while he was out there. and um, Just to kind of switch it back on, I know you didn't watch much of the game. I think the other interesting Manchester City... Notes one, Aguero started over Jesus. Obviously, Jesus coming back late, but Aguero's, you know, had a good charity shield and whatnot. And ultimately, I still think Aguero's the better player. So it'll be interesting to see how that works out. But the really interesting thing was he started four at the back with Mindy being a true left back and Walker being a true right back. But for whatever reason, Mindy had this just license to roam for what seemed like a good majority of the game where he was popping up in central midfield. He would sprint ahead of Bernardo on the left side. um, And then they would shift to Kyle Walker being a center back, basically with John stones and uh, Laporte started today. So I thought that was interesting how he was using Mindy as some floater Um, obviously worked out. I mean, Mindy had one assist, but I don't think, you know, Mindy has done anything to warrant, to me, it's giving him the license to go wherever he wants to on the field and relegating Kyle Walker is probably the best right, right back in the world to center back. So I thought that was an interesting tactic. Um, maybe something you'd see against, uh, you know, the brightens of the world, but against Arsenal I thought it was very interesting coming right out of the gates for Man City.
3: Uh, Pep is very well known for one of his most famous tactics, is inverted fullbacks. They tend, Instead of overlapping on the outside, they tend to fill in in the midfield. Um, and they talked about that on the TV a little bit. And that seemed to be what Mendy was doing a lot there. Um, but his, his fullbacks are very attacking. I mean, Danny Alves, going back to the Barcelona days, um, kind of key to his system being implemented there on the more right side, obviously, but then, yeah, Mendy there on the left. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely utilizing those fullbacks. He spent almost, what was it, 150 million pounds two summers ago on fullbacks with yeah. Walker, Mendy, and Danilo. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a very important position to him in, in, in that system.
1: Not the start that Arsenal wanted for the season, obviously, but what did you see from them uh, today to you that looks like something they can build on and looks like something that should give their fan base hope for what's to come the rest of this season?
3: They, they definitely showed more of a uh, a fight, I feel like, than a lot of times under Wenger, especially in the big games when they'd go down. It would... Today's game, you could have seen that being like a 4 0 you know, um, but it wasn't. It was two-nil, and they had a couple chances. They hit the one more, did they or no? Um, but they, they did have some some chances, some real chances there. Um, I, th- I think you got to be pleased with at least the the mindset seemed to be a little bit stronger than it has been. Josh for
1: Manchester City, uh, you know, obviously a good start for them. Uh, could could have by the sound of both what you and Colin said been an even stronger finish and an even stronger start but how do you think uh their hopes are looking after one game of of uh you know sample size for repeating this year as
2: champions of the Premier League yeah I mean they're still still the heavy favorites right I mean until you get knocked off you know you don't see any reason to take them off I mean the Liverpool probably looked the most impressive team, but I'd say their result was probably the most impressive result of the weekend, going to Arsenal, another supposed top six team, and um, you know taking care of business pretty easily, 2-0. So nothing I saw from Manchester City that showed any chinks of the armor to me, um, and I think they, as well as pretty much everybody who watches English Premier League, is still considering them the favorites, and in their heart of hearts is is expecting them to win the league again after uh, our. One game sample size,
3: <laughs> and uh, and their schedule, it's very favorable until they play Liverpool in in mid October. Uh, they're playing bottom, very bottom feeder teams in the Premier League until then. It's very conceivable that they could run the table until they match up with Liverpool, and therefore putting pressure on the Reds to do something similar. Uh, we've seen the last two years, um, the teams that get out to the huge starts tend to win the Premier League, and especially coming out of the World Cup this year, some a lot of players are getting teams back getting their players back late, excuse me, um, getting that big start and getting that league could be just as important. Um, City had their league wrapped up by winter last year. Chelsea had it wrapped up by February of the year before. So, um, And I think part of that's why Man City did what they did last year. They never felt pressure because they got that huge, huge start at the season and uh, never looked back. So um, if, if, if they're able to do something similar here this year and get that stretch until they play Liverpool, uh, they're going to find themselves in a very, very strong position. If that
1: Manchester Liverpool, Manchester City-Liverpool match wasn't already circled under calendar, which I don't know why it wouldn't be. Uh, they, those matches have been phenomenal, whether they're English Premier League or Champions League matches. Um, definitely want to circle that one for the reasons that Colin just described. Before we move on into our kind of quick hits from the rest of the games around the league uh, this week, uh, I do want to give a shout-out to somebody who will be very happy with the results today for Manchester City, a uh, friend of the podcast, Eric, got engaged today in California, actually, Josh. Uh, so congratulations to Eric and Sam. Uh, hey, congratulations. Yeah. Happy for you guys. Um, really glad that uh, you guys are sharing in your engagement uh, with us. We get to be there at the same time. Is Eric listening? Uh, I think he does listen every now and then, but I'm not you know, 100% sure. so yeah in that. Yeah. Um, anyway, let's move on then to the rest of the league, the matches uh, around. We'll kind of I'll just shout out a match. Let's go through it quick, give a couple quick hitting points. Um, maybe your top two things that you saw or think about that game. And we'll start with Chelsea Huddersfield Town. Uh, again, the underdog scrappy team of the bottom three, uh, Huddersfield Town not quite getting it done against Chelsea, but what did you guys see in that match this week?
3: From everything I've uh, seen, it, one, Huddersfield has some chances, uh, but two, Chelsea won 3-0, but weren't particularly convincing from the sound of it, um, so that's uh, one thing, so it's positive that they still won 3-0, Um but uh, you know they they're, they're, we talked about last week the manager coming in late, uh, and totally new style of play is going to take time to adapt. Um, but it's good for them. Edin Hazard came off the bench to get an assist uh, for the third goal. Um, yeah, that it's, it's, it's going to be a going to be tougher for them. They're going to have to uh, pull off some more miracles to stay up once again. Before we go to Josh,
1: Colin, you just mentioned that uh, Huddersfield Town did have a couple chances. They hit the woodwork early on, uh, which would have equalized 1-1 against Chelsea, uh, I think within like the first, what, 15, 20 minutes of the game. Um, do you think that would have flipped the script at all? Do you think there would have been a, a different final result based
3: on kind of the way that that game went, or uh, do you think it was really a wash and didn't really matter in the grand scheme of things? Very <laughs> well, could have been. You never know. These games are always very fluid situations. Home opener on the, uh, you know, for Huddersfield, Chelsea on the road, uh, and those yellow kits. I know you want to talk about later. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, it definitely could have. Chelsea still the much much stronger team, a lot better players in Huddersfield. Let's be honest. Uh, it, it was always likely that Chelsea were going to get the three points, but. Could have made things a lot more nervy for him, um, that's for sure, and, and, and uh, it was not to be. Josh, what do you think? Do you have any tidbits
1: you wanted to talk about from this match?
2: My only hit here is the Conte-Jorginho pairing is going to be a very interesting thing to watch throughout the season. From mm-hmm. my understanding, Conte played in a more advanced position got a goal yeah. I wouldn't say it was the most graceful yeah. of goals kind of half scuffed a volley that ended up going in but um you know playing in a, in a position that he probably wouldn't have been in last year um that high up the pitch and and got himself a goal so I, I think that's very interesting and to me it's just fascinating that I, I had never watched Jorginho play so this is all based on what I read but he's very much of a He's a holding midfielder, but also more uh, has playmaking ability as well. Um, Whereas Conte, I mean, he's got playmaking ability, but what he's known for is just being a devilish tackler and breaking up each and every single play in the middle of the field. So I find it interesting that Conte is the one who's playing in a more advanced position um, versus Jorginho. Um, But it'll be interesting to see how that plays out as the season moves on. Because they're both too good not to play. Yeah.
1: The couple things I took away um, from what I saw, that Jorginho Piquet was filthy. Like, absolutely filthy. Just cool as you like, as they say. Uh, Just, I don't know. That walk-up was just whatever. It was like he was just walking in the park. Um, And then the other thing for me, I was curious for you guys, as Colin did mention about the yellow kits, which kits do you like least? Chelsea's yellow kits or Manchester City's third kit that they're wearing today, which is like a navy blue with, Bright seahawk green pinstriping.
3: It's got like a, like a lighter blue pinstriping as well. It like alternates. Yeah, interesting look. I know Josh has strong opinions on it. I, I I thought they were okay.
2: I I just say the Manchester City probably the least my one of my least favorite jerseys I saw. All week. Um, I actually enjoyed the Tottenham jerseys. I know we're not on that game yet. I actually
3: kind of did too. I, I, I know I, a lot of people hated on those.
2: I, I enjoyed the, the Spurs jerseys. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I, the yellow Chelsea look didn't bother me as much as the Manchester City look did.
3: They were so, pretty so much for like, the same jerseys as PSG's away jerseys last year. They were like an oil, it just had a darker blue as the accent instead of the royal blue.
1: So, since we're talking about the two of them and Josh mentioned the Tottenham jersey, Colin, rank real quick the four, these four kits Liverpool's purple kit, Chelsea's yellow kit, Manchester City's third kit that they are wearing today, and what was the other one? Tottenham. Um, Oh, and Tottenham's kit. Okay. It's like
3: a green blue. Yeah, mix. I'll go. I'll go the Chelsea away when I I I, I like the yellow actually um know I'll go Tottenham the green and blue actually uh, yeah Man City and then I'll probably go Liverpool's purple I'm not a huge fan of the purple um it actually looks good on the players but there's no way I I don't I don't know I, the purple with the orange is not my favorite uh, plus it's got a lot of design stuff going on in there um uh, it looks good on TV when the guys are playing in but I, it's just not I don't know not my not my particular cup of tea. How about you, Josh? Similar ranking? Um, No,
2: I I, I like the purple kit, so I, I'd say Spurs is my favorite, then Liverpool, then the Chelsea, and then the um, the Manchester City. There's just something about those that okay. I, that I really don't Lots like today. On that Manchester City, and, and I'm a big I'm a big fan of the purple jersey.
1: Got it, got it, got it. All right, cool. Just curious, what you guys thought about those? It's a it's an interesting year for alternate kits. That's for sure, no doubt about that. Um. Let's uh let's touch real quick on Tottenham Newcastle. Since you talked about Tottenham. Josh, you wanna kick it off?
2: Yeah, I didn't watch much of this game, watch the highlights. Uh Spurs got an early goal, lots of early goals. Um
1: All three scored before eighteen minutes.
2: Yeah, Spurs got an early goal. Um it's blanking on me who scored the first one. Um Oh, Jan Vertonghen with a crazy goal that was the header. The header that, yeah. that they had to go to goal line technology. So that was a very interesting kind of yeah, um, scrappy piece of play there. Uh, ball kind of bounced around the box a little bit. Um, so you know, ultimately win the back of the net. So they got a goal. I thought um, the Jesus. Who were they playing? Oh, Newcastle. Uh, Jose Lu. Scored the second goal, Um, basically he came back and, and, and kind of went and, and, and put one in. And then uh, Serge Aurier getting the start, is Trippier hurt? Or is he just getting rest off the international break?
3: I would imagine that the latter.
2: Interesting, because Allie and Kane still played, right? So, interesting there. Yeah. But, um, I mean, then again, Trippier had that injury in that one game where I thought he was going to be out for – the yeah. season. Um, but then he played in the next game in the third place game. So anyways, Trippier on the bench, Aurier got the start who I thought was trash last year. Um actually put in a, a really good cross that Allie finished. Um and that was that was all she wrote. I know Newcastle had a couple uh decent chances at the end to, to try to make something of yeah. it. Um but ultimately Spurs hang on and, and get all three points. It was a uh, besides Arsenal's result, right? I mean, the rest of the big boys uh kind of went out and did what they wanted, what they needed to do. So, uh kind of a chalk week for the most part.
3: Yeah, Newcastle hit the woodwork twice in this game, uh, once in the first half uh, and then once off a deflected strike in the second half with substitute uh, Solomon Rondon. Um, they very easily could have, with a few inches here or there, could have uh, at least snatched the point if not all of them uh, had had a little more luck uh, falling their way. Yeah, that's uh, my takeaway from the game as well, that it
1: seemed like Newcastle was in it through and through and that time and didn't necessarily you know, separate themselves and put the game out of doubt. Um, they, uh, they look like they might have a little bit of work to do still in the earlier stages of the season to be a little bit more comfortable of a, of a top flight team
3: in the in Premier League. And the one bad thing uh, I just gave from a U.S. standpoint, uh, DeAndre Edlin uh, looked at a horrible injury. Uh, looks like he's going to be out for quite, quite, quite some time.
1: I did not know that. That's not good. Yeah. Um, you guys want to talk about let's let's do Manu Lester and then we'll finish with Wolves Everson. how about that? Do it. Manu Lester, Jamie Vardy with the poached goal, mm-hmm. but what was the uh, what was the takes from you guys?
3: Uh, I didn't watch again watch the highlights it sounded like United got the early penalty via scored by Pogba very early and then went full uh full defensive mode for the most part played it like uh you know a lot of you would expect Lester to play it after they got an early goal. Um Luke Shaw gets a fantastic goal to get the second um before Vardy gets one uh too late. Um the biggest thing from this game is Paul Pogba's just post game comments. There's tons of them along the lines of uh I can't say too many things or I'd get fined. Uh I'm talking about the situation and he's I believe he said something about um you can't play at your best when you're not happy and, and a few other things. So it seems like he's upset with things being written in the media and then also upset with things being said by his manager over the course of the summer uh, in last season. So interesting stuff there, uh, trying to read between the lines of what the hell is going on behind the scenes there at Manchester United. What do you think, Josh, from that Man United win over Leicester? Uh, was there anything you saw that
2: you'd like to discuss no, not particularly. I mean, they got the points, um, as Colin said, they kind of went in the shell, but ultimately, besides the Vardy goal, I don't think hey it was under siege. He made a really good save pretty early in the game, but besides that, I don't, save. I, I, don't, yeah. I don't really think he was under siege besides that one save. So ultimately, they, they got three points, looked decent doing it. I mean, we've been making fun of Mourinho, but he's right. I mean, it was a lot of the first players game back, right? A lot of those guys have only been there for a week, and – Looked all right. Um, I thought Pereira, the young guy, um, he got the start and and looked pretty bright. And I mean, Pogba says he can't play his best when he's unhappy, but he played pretty damn good. Um, So ultimately, uh, you know, it it, it's gonna be it's gonna take a little more turmoil for me. I mean, but I mean, the turmoil is around. But Leicester is pretty good team, and I got three points. So yeah. Uh,
1: moving on then to the Wolves-Everton match, which some would describe as the match between the next of the best, uh, the projected potential 7th and 8th place finishers in the Premier League. Uh, but for Josh, not so. Uh, your revised prediction last week put Everton in the top four, securing a Champions League position. How would you feel about this game after making that prediction, and uh, what do you see in this two-two draw between the two sides?
2: Yeah, um, it was a great game, fantastic game to watch. Um, I, I don't think either team can be really mad about the result, um, but I think Everton probably feel a little better about it. I mean, at the end of the day, um, they were down to ten men. Yeah, yeah. The Wolves were down a, down a goal, um, but then Everton go down to ten men with about. A full hour left and uh you know everton still manages to get a draw um one of their new signings looked great richarlson looked fantastic um so that's a plus and then ultimately you know they had a big transfer deadline day um none of those guys played right so they're still working to get those guys in the side which they think are going to bolster their team um from a wolves perspective i, I think they're probably not super thrilled um wolves um probably not super thrilled
1: i'm so excited we get to hear wolves. Wolves.
2: from a wolf's All perspective year. probably not uh probably not super thrilled but i mean at the end of the day you're a newly promoted team playing everton who are a decent side and you walk away at the point week one don't know how mad you can be probably feel like they, they should have and could have done more um but kind of my main thing two super bright young stars in the league where charleston mm-hmm. had a good game um on his way to silence the haters uh, who don't think he's worth the money. Um, and then Ruben Neves, he, he's awesome. He, he's incredible. It was it was fun watching him. There was half a link last year to Liverpool, and um, none of us really knew anything about the guy. You know, wish it would have happened. Uh, he, he looks like he's going to be a really, really good player for a long time. Um, so, he, uh he looked really good the way he controlled the game for Wolves. Yeah, Paul, do you have anything to
3: piggyback on that? Just Neves, yeah, that free kick. Keeper cheats it a little bit, um, but well-struck. And then uh, he gets the assist as well. Yeah, Josh mentioned he was linked with Liverpool kind of last summer, and and then he ended up going to Wolves in the championship. And so you're thinking, well, that must have been a bullshit link. But then uh, going back to spring, he was kind of being linked to Liverpool again. Um, for, it comes out that he wanted to stay at Wolves here now that they're in the Premier League. So um, very talented player, though. Um, Portuguese. Uh, international, and uh, it's going to be a huge driving force behind uh, trying to get Wolves to be uh, up there pushing past, you know, into mid-table and maybe even beyond.
1: Yeah, the uh, orange and black might get it done. Uh, Josh, weren't your high school colors orange and black?
2: They were. The Raiders. We were mean.
1: The Raiders. We were mean, mean. Josh, the uh, highest penalized safety in the Tri County area. There you go.
2: Lead <laughs> lead the school record in personal foul penalties.
1: <laughs> what a guy! Uh, that's awesome. Um, all right. Well, I think that wraps up the soccer talk for the week. Uh, is an exciting first week of matches. Definitely setting the tone for the season from a lot of the uh, top flight teams. Um, Were there any other overarching kind of storylines or anything that you guys wanted to mention? Any of other games that we didn't get to touch on? Um, I know you talked about a a little bit about uh, wanting to discuss quickly the three newly promoted teams. Uh, We talked about Wolves, but we did not talk about the other two.
2: Yeah, so Cardiff um, played at Bournemouth, you know. Obviously, that's a team you think if they're going to stay up, they need to get some points against. But ultimately, their first game up, they lose 2-0 at Bournemouth. Um, one of those goals coming very late. So don't know if you're super discouraged if you're a Cardiff fan. Obviously, you know losing 2-0 isn't good, but you're on the road. Um, the team who I think had the most disappointing week one, and Colin, you may disagree, Like to hear your thoughts, but it is Fulham. I mean, to have a Great. game... At home against Crystal Palace, who's per- perennially hanging in the 13 to 17 range in the Premier League for the last five years, um, it's a chance to get off on on a good start and at least get a point. And uh, after all the money they splashed to come up with not even a goal at home, um, and ultimately a 2-0 loss, I think if you're a Fulham fan, you were. You know, coming in with some pretty high hopes. And, and I, I think out of the new teams, yeah. I think they went home the most disappointed and really out of the teams all around the league. I think Arsenal's probably feeling a little better about themselves than even Fulham is.
3: I agree. I think Fulham was a disappointment. Um, and that's a London derby, too. Fulham and Crystal Palace um, to kick off the season. Uh, Christian Benteke looked a lot better for Palace uh, than he did all of last season. Uh, he was terrible for him And then uh, Wilfred Zaha. Uh, showing how important he is that team back in the second goal there. Um, that's huge for Crystal Palace holding on to him because I think he is a very very talented player. I'm man. a big fan of his. Love it. Yeah, <laughs> I talked longer. about that
1: before, but uh, yeah, big big fan. I saw him in the highlight and uh, doing some great things out there. Yeah.
3: Yeah, uh, and then uh, the other game still going on here. Orlando City D's United, two two. Uh, Orlando City got a red card. Looks pretty soft on the replays, but uh, they did. Pull back a goal while down a man. So, uh, setting up an intriguing last few minutes here.
1: Ooh, very exciting. We'll have to keep everyone updated as we talk through our outro. I think, uh, first of all, Josh, how much are we doing good on time?
2: Um, we're at about 104. So I think we should kick in the outro. Let's, let's squeeze
1: in a couple listener questions that we've received. Uh, you wanna, you have them pulled up?
2: I think they were all sent to Colin, so Colin should have them pulled up. And I think, uh, Tyler, me and you are going to be the ones answering most of them based on Colin's text messages earlier.
3: <laughs> all right. Some of these uh, are similar. I'm going to go to the funniest, one, the best one, I think, first. Sure. Uh, yeah. The last one from uh, listener G Off Miller on Facebook. Send into to the bottom three Facebook page. Uh, which DUJs best resemble your friends and why?
2: <laughs> so Colin it Which seems like everybody you. loved the loved the EDC Orlando talk a couple weeks ago and that's why the questions were coming up.
3: mm-hmm uh yeah there seemed to be a couple of questions around that as well highly reviewed uh
1: and, and positive reactions, it sounds like, to the electric Daisy Carnival coverage. Well, that I think the one that was actually not super happy
3: Funny. About. No, I, I started with the one that I thought would at least be the funniest content. Get us some, uh, get talk on, uh, giving the listeners a sense of who we are and who our other friends are. If you want yeah, to go, so I'm trying how to how far you at, had to go into. Tyler. That pilot so, pilot. so
2: I'll answer first. Tyler is UK Allison Dazzy one. Jeff. Tyler is Alice in Wonderland. Like, he's like, like when she plays, she's like, oh my god, thank you so much for coming. Like, she, she's, a little, she's got a sentimental side to her. Um, puts, like, super te- deep posts out on Instagram. Like, still drops a bunch of songs with a ton of lyrics in them. Just, like, more of a deep, sensitive um, figure in the EDM world. So, uh, definitely, if I had to slot Tyler as being a DJ, it, he, he's Alice in Wonderland.
1: All right, so we're not necessarily going just for the pure looks. We're going for the kind of what they embody. Whatever is way is what you interpret said. it. whatever. Mm-hmm. You That's to, fine. I, to be I'll funny. take that. I'll take that. Uh, I love, too, how Josh throws out the Instagram reference when he does not have an Instagram. Uh, because you show me,
2: like, dude, look how sick Allison's post is. She cares so much about this city. I, I, which just further proves my point that, that you would be her. Which isn't a
1: bad thing to be. Hey, no, I'll take it. She's a phenomenal artist and puts on a great show. Um, let's see, who would you to be? Um, I think Josh would be Steve Angelo because there was a great thing going with uh, <laughs> with Swedish House Mafia, the combination <laughs> of three amazing talents in their field, and he just had to, you know, kind of be a jerk and go off and break up the group <laughs> and go do his own thing and not let the other two have their, their peace. And I, I think that's what Josh would be. I think he's Steve Angelo.
2: Mm. Uh, maybe I will split he's off he's so right own.
1: now because he knows that that was just spot on was, I could just that, see it in a smile he's like gosh dang it
2: that was really good that I was... think if I ever did go solo for a podcast and it was soccer related I actually thought of this the other day, not because I was thinking of going solo but because of Allison's jersey number it for whatever reason this popped in my mind and I would probably be something like starting keeper but definitely not number one or something like that Hmm. <laughs> Interesting.
1: Mm. Who would Colin be, Josh?
2: Nobody. No. <laughs> DJ Jazzy Jeff. He would be.
0: <laughs>
2: he, he would be like whatever, like seventies folk Callan. artist that he likes to listen to, who despises the Harrison, music. The of shit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. We can go right. with that. We'll just assume that since Calvin Harris is British that he's a fan of English Premier League soccer as well, and Colin's the one that got us into the EPL. So there you go. There Colin you go. Colin is go. most like Calvin Harris.
3: There you go. All right. Next question from Facebook listener again, Brian Roth. What's the craziest thing you've seen at EDC? Who are you most amped to see this year? I think you guys covered the amped part, but I, I want to hear the craziest thing you guys have Ooh, seen that's a good one. Uh, last
1: year, we were walking in between stages, and there were these, like, pole things that were lit up and, you know, flashing into the music and whatever. And there was this girl um, in – she was scantily clad. Let's just put it that way, like a lot of everyone, honestly, is at, at these festivals. And she decided to climb up on the pole and do a few moves that were actually fairly impressive. But the, the best thing about it was uh, a member of our group who shall remain nameless decided to jump on the pole next to her and try to strut his stuff uh, mm-hmm. and was not nearly as coordinated nor, uh, nor I guess, impressive. But it was quite hilarious. <laughs> I think that's it's one of the more fun, uh, you know, kind of crazy-ish moments that sticks out to me. Um, there's, there's a few other ones popping in my head now as I go, but I'll, I'll let Josh jump in and uh, tell what it is.
2: seen some pretty crazy stuff there. Um, but yeah, in a, in a similar theme, one of my favorite moments, maybe not the craziest, but favorite moments was when the same member who was just mentioned that previous story. This was way back. This was like five, four or five years ago. Um, it's commonplace to put girls up on your shoulders at these festivals. And, um, <laughs> The, this,
1: <laughs> I forgot about this. this
2: gentleman <laughs> had a girl up on his shoulders that, um, Jess <laughs> is like five foot tall and a hundred pounds. So it's relatively easy to put her up on my shoulders and, and be able to last for a while. Uh, his situation was not the same. We'll leave it at that. And it was very, um, entertaining to watch and <laughs> don't necessarily know if that fits in the crazy category, but it's one of the best things that I've ever seen at the UC.
1: Oh, it was great. Yeah. Her, her friend, uh, I remember hearing her say this, these were some random girls that we just met in the crowd. Uh, but I remember her friend saying like, Oh my God, she's so happy. She's never been on anyone's shoulders before. And we were like, Oh my God. Yeah. And, uh, we, let's just say we weren't super surprised by that status. Um, wow. Anyway, that was, that is a also hilarious moment. I'm surprised Josh didn't talk about another funny moment with, when he tripped me and I fell in front of everyone, uh, while dancing, I think it was during Alice in Wonderland set, actually. Uh, I was just kind of going crazy to a beat drop and he sticks out his leg and I just busted face and then jumped right back up and kept going.
2: That's a false story. He was probably the drunkest I've ever seen you and just ate it. It was incredible. (laughs) That's not true.
3: Uh, Are there any other listener questions? All right. Facebook listener, Spencer, Heidi, you all talked about EDC Orlando lineup. What other festivals and shows are on your radar and which ones do you wish you could be at? Uh, I'm realizing I should have asked these questions in probably reverse order and ended with the DJs we're most like, but Hey, oh, that's fine. you live and you learn. You live and you learn. <laughs> well, Colin, you can answer this
1: one. Maybe this is the last listener question for the night. Um, and we'll let you go last, but, uh, because it doesn't have to be, you know, an electronic music festival. But for me, Number one top priority festival that I have to get to at some point in time is, uh, in Belgium. It's Tomorrowland. Uh, 500,000 people go to this festival. Uh, it's now two weekends, uh, three days. Everybody who's anybody, uh, in the DJ world is there performing. Uh, I think this past year, Martin Garrett played twice uh, on the same weekend on different stages. I believe there's like eight different stages. The theming's incredible. Everybody camps out. And then I think one of the coolest things about it for me, especially after my recent trip to Europe and first time ever going over there, um, is the fact that it's in Belgium and that it's just truly like a worldwide event. So many different people go there from so many different countries, speaking so many different languages. And uh, it's just so awesome to see everyone out there repping their countries, wearing their flags, um, and just having a good time. It just seems like such an amazing uh, experience and I, I really want to go do that. But before we get to either of your answers, both of you are flipping out right Hold now. Hold
3: on. on. The video. craziest ending you have ever seen in a game. Okay, DC have a corner kick. They bring the goalie up. It gets cleared out. Orlando City have the ball at midway line. Dude doesn't go for a goal, he gets it tackled off of him. DC United play the ball back in. Dude head home heads home to win the game in like the last 30 seconds. If, if what the most if, Orlando City into a game. Have just, you've if, ever if Will, seen. Jo- Will Johnson would have just ripped the ball from the midway line. Even if he misses, they don't lose. Instead, Wayne Rooney plays a forty yard cross, and somehow nobody's on the dude at the back post.
2: After Wayne Rooney uh, being uh, the last uh, person major, back to the back make post. the tackle, Wayne Rooney makes the tackle. Uh, he was the one who made the tackle, and then plays just a heck of a ball. Is this guy on all sides? Is that what they're looking at?
3: It kind of looked offside, so I haven't gotten the alert yet that it's official. So maybe VAR is going to wave it off and Orlando City somehow going to hold on to They're this. Sorry, bar, WC,
1: but it was, it was like literally an it open the craziest goal. It was 30 seconds. An open that goal. Was, I, also need, I also need props from the both of you, especially after all the ripping you've done to me about uh, my abilities to tell stories and talk. To, to oh, be able no. to continue to talk through that point fairly eloquently while you guys are literally just like, Turned the other way, flipping out, hands are in the air. All this stuff's happening the entire time I'm talking. Uh, I, I feel like I deserve a little prop, propage.
3: Yeah. Oh, well done, sir. Well done. <laughs> Thanks. I'll take that.
1: Hey, Josh, what's your uh, what's your festival dream, dreamland? It was a goal. No offsides. Um, I feel like Josh is a is a he's going to say Coachella
2: now that he lives yeah in so so actually that was where I'm going it's not a electronic festival but we are going to Coachella next year and we're very excited about that um, out here have being, in California we have not but we are committed to going um, wow and, and uh, I, I would say no
1: invite yet Colin what? take notes he hasn't invited us yet I
3: don't know never thinking of us. <laughs>
2: T- Tyler, Tomorrowland's the answer, but to be different, I would love to go to uh, Electric Zoo out on the island in New York City. I think that'd be a lot of fun.
1: That would be awesome as well, Colin. Out of all the festivals, I have a feeling I know the answer. Is it Bonnaroo?
3: I was yeah, thinking Bonnaroo as think well. I was go. thinking Bonnaroo. Just don't know what I could think of, and so uh, yeah, we'll go for that one. Uh, I think be Colin. Clear.
1: I think another one that you would really be interested in that uh, might be even a little bit more realistic in terms of getting to um, and just kind of knowing your style, I think you'd really like Hangout Fest.
3: Yeah, I almost tried to go one year uh, when Dave Matthews' band was there. We had considered going in. And it's like, no, I'm going to see them when they come by uh, to the, our city. So <laughs> It's just but really yeah. cool that it's like
1: out on the beach. Yeah, uh, Absolutely. Know. Out in Alabama, Gulf Shores, uh, we tried to organize a group one time, like, last minute, and it was a terrible idea because there's just no way we would have found anywhere to stay for a decent price. Right. It fell through. But anyway, that makes sense. I think those are three responses that fit our personalities pretty well. Um, All right, boys, I think we should probably wrap it up here. Do we uh, have any other things for the folks? Any look-aheads for next week? Anything exciting going on in anyone's lives this week?
2: Nothing for can me. Continue uh,
1: training camp for me. Yeah. Strike two, strike three. Uh, <laughs> any? I'm trying to think of anything else that you guys could uh, wrap this Social up. Social media. Oh, let's do that. That's a great idea, Colin. Phenomenal. Um, let's remind the people where they could follow us to get some more content. We are on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, at the Bottom3Podcast. The three is the number. And you can listen to us on both SoundCloud and iTunes, um, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you'll get notifications when we post new episodes. And when you hear our episodes, like them, uh, comment questions, we'll answer them on the next podcast. Uh, with that, I think we're done for this episode. I just got the final uh, yeah. notification for Orlando losing in terrible fashion by the sound of it. Um, but yeah, I think that's it for this week, and we're looking ahead to next week. You guys good to go? I think so. Sweet. You want to say bye to the people, Josh? You look like you might want
2: to. No, I was
1: going to Sign t- us off this week. Sign us off this week, Josh.
2: Thanks for listening, and I hope we've done <laughs> all we can. All we can. Not to get relegated. Not to
1: get relegated.
2: <laughs> See you next <laughs> week. See
1: you next week.